0: Hello, Michael here with a quick disclaimer. The episode that you are about to listen to was originally recorded as a live event, meaning that it was recorded and streamed over our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Academy, or broadcast as a live event or recorded as a live event for our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash Academy. Hopefully you will understand why the audio quality of this episode is not quite up to the same standards you have come to appreciate and expect from our show and on the off chance that when you listen to this episode you don't really notice a difference between this episode and a regular episode don't say anything because that will make me cry thanks and enjoy the show Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy YouTube page. I am Michael, and here at the Academy, we live by the motto, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. It's a good motto. I like it. And what it means is that uh, no matter what game you play, which system or edition, what rules you use, don't use, or misuse, as long as your table's having fun, then you're doing it right. Today, I'm joined with Brad Kay, also known as At Force and Destiny on Twitter. He is one of my uh, IRL faculty members. So if you listen to our audio-only podcast, you probably have heard Brad many times as a player and occasionally as a GM on our shows. And today, Brad is going to join me for a Synergy session. A Synergy session is where we take a pack of Magic the Gathering cards, open them up, and then use those cards to sort of inspire an adventure, maybe an encounter, potentially an entire campaign. So Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: This Happy is awesome.
0: The first time that we are trying to do this live side by side. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly sure where I'm going to put the cards either on the screen. Because they're, they're going to be somewhere so that you can see the cards as we go. Maybe, maybe between us. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but Red, you are my guest, so you get to choose. I have two packs of cards left. I have a Kaladesh pack. And an Aether Revolt pack. Do you have a preference on which one we use for today's Synergy
2: session? I do not. I, I do not know anything about either deck, so I have no idea what I'm getting into All as right. far as that goes.
0: All right, so pick left or right?
2: Uh, we'll go with that one.
0: Okay. Aether or Aether Revolt. Okay. All right, so the way this works, we're going to open the pack, just like you would at your probably your favorite local game store. We're going to open from the back, go back to front, so our... Rare card will be the last one that we see other than like a land or a token. We're going to use the cards, we're going to kind of brainstorm off the top of our heads and we're going to start building an adventure. We can use anything about the card that we want, it can be the title, it can be the art, it can be the name, it can be the mechanics, it can be the flavor text, whatever. There's also no re- no rule that we have to use every card. If we start to build an adventure and one card just does not make sense or we can't find a way to make it make sense. we can throw it aside and not worry about it. We may come back to it later. And as always, we encourage our listeners and our viewers uh, to let us know how you would have used the cards differently than we did and maybe what kind of adventure you would have come up with. All right, Brad, why don't you go first for me? And uh, what's our first card?
2: All right, our first card is the Gyrephor Osbrey. And so... What you're seeing here is it's a, um, a an osprey with its ber- with its wings um, like spread, like it's it's getting ready to take off and in, into flight. It's standing on top, uh, perched rather on some uh, like a pillar or like almost um, like a scepter. Maybe. Yeah, it looks like a scepter or like a a, a spire on top of a building. Because if you look into the background, there's you're in perhaps some sort of a, a city location. Um, there's a lot of gold domes and fantastic expensive looking architecture and each of them tends to have like a pillar that comes off i know it's not the right architectural term but it's got like a spire um and it looks like it's ready to take flight it is a planes card um and uh yeah it says uh the the flavor text says many airship captains keep these uh pets that share their love of the sky
0: all right so brad so what do you see from that card how do you think we could start building an adventure
2: I see from this that you could have a myst- you could have your your party um be where wherever they are whether they're in in the in maybe they're sitting in you know a tavern or in a city somewhere or they're out in the wilderness um and they receive a a message or an item that is delivered to them by this by this giant osprey that that uh Okay, um, so it's almost like a messenger like bird. A messenger, or yeah. Right. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, could also be a portent. Uh, not no. important, but like a, a, port of a portent. Uh, so maybe one of these birds is kind of revered. Maybe it's the symbol of the area, village, nation, country mm-hmm. that they're in. And you know, it's kind of like, like a bald eagle in right. America. And one is just found dead. I mean, also very similar to like Game of Thrones with the dire wolves at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just come upon an injured one of these. Maybe they even intercept the message. Like, the message wasn't for them. They found that it's downed. They now have a message that whoever downed the creature was trying to stop, and that's how they get mixed up in the adventure. I mean, Mm, I'm sure that's been done a million times before, but, hey, that's why they're classics, Mm because they work. Okay, our next card is Take Into Custody. It's a blue instant. Uh, The art looks like there's this uh, sort of menacing figure, like an official And then we see the hands of someone bound. It looks, you know, pretty much they've been arrested and handcuffed. Uh, The text is tap target creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Uh, The flavor text is you can tell me what I want to know or you can talk to the chief of compliance. Why don't you make it easy on yourself? Okay, so looking at this card based off of what we have before, I think it fits very well with the narrative that they have, stumbled on something, mm-hmm. and they are then arrested by what appears to be an official of the area they're in, but it's probably a traitor of some sort. They're trying to determine, did they get the information, do they understand the information, and who else they may have shared it with. So the players find this bird that's been killed or injured, they they get the message from it, and now they're being hunted by what appears to be the official authorities now again, being a D and D game, we we don't want to script it where we know they get captured, but they're going to be chased. They're going to be questioned by these officials, and we can let the players determine if they're actually do they surrender? Do they you know are they the type of people that will think oh no these are the you know the sheriffs they're they're honest we'll just tell them what we know, or do they try to fight their way free because they know that there's some sort of conspiracy? That might determine on what message they actually found. Mm-hmm. So the message could be the sheriffs are involved in a conspiracy to overthrow the crown. And then that would inform how they, how they respond. So what do you think? How, do you know, Anything else with that card or how you'd use it differently?
2: No, that's a, more or less exactly how I would use it. Uh, that's that's pretty, um, pretty straightforward, and uh, that could set up some really crunchy bits later on of uh, juicy narrative detail. All
0: right, let's move on to our next card.
2: All right, so this card is Bastion Enforcer. It's a, a dwarven soldier creature. You see a a, a dwarven in, in gleaming golden armor or a dwarf in gleaming golden armor, like a, some, some type of an energy weapon or is that a shield? Or it looks hot like down. a looks yeah. like they have like a blowtorch on the end of their arm almost. It's <laughs> yeah, definitely some type of a shield, uh, likely some type of a weapon. I mean, lots of, of very gold looking armor. Um, there's multiple of them there, and it looks like perhaps they're in a hall. Or something like that in the background. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard mm-hmm. to tell for sure, right? It, it, it's um, its flavor text is headquartered at the Bastion of the Honorable. Uh, the Consulate's enforcers are charged with the impossible task of keeping the peace.
0: All right, so looking at that card, how do you think that fits into our current narrative?
2: This could be the um, perhaps they were they were taken in when they were taken into custody. This could be the person perhaps that they were they're brought forward to, you know, put before, um, who maybe they're a judge or something like that they have to plead their case to, or perhaps going another way, this could be someone who comes to perhaps free them from the, the if they are put in prison or something like that, it could be someone who comes to get them out.
0: So what comes to mind for me is uh, Tommy Lee Jones in uh, The Fugitive. I don't care. I don't care. So this is the person that that they believe that the characters have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. They are unaware of the conspiracy. And they don't care about the conspiracy. Their job is to bring So So they are not a bad guy. And this is somewhat similar to the last one I did with Caleb, where you have an NPC that we don't want the players to just kill. Like this isn't someone they should just be like, oh, no, they're after us, we'll kill them. This is an honorable person that thinks they're doing the right thing And, you know, it could be somewhat funny in the way they keep slipping past them or it could be somewhat dramatic as they try to keep piling up evidence to say you're on the wrong side and give this person a crisis of conscience and try to figure out, do I turn against this institution that I have believed in so much my entire life? I mean, that could be a very compelling role play situation. It could also be a comedic, you know, combat encounter where you're just you're not wanting to hurt them, but you can't let them capture you.
2: Yeah, I like that. That uh, that works really well. There has to be some scene, though, where they, they dive off some you know large <laughs> platform or something. Into down, a waterfall. Right, sort of into a waterfall yeah. or, you know, into whatever. We didn't do the thing we were accused of. Right. I don't care. Spoiler for that movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. It is. It's very good. The remake was pretty good, too. I haven't seen that one. Oh, uh, U.S. Marshals? Tom Lee Jones is in it and plays the same character. Oh,
0: fantastic. So It
2: was a good one, too. All right. So our next
0: card here is Daring Demolition. Mm-mm. It's a black card, sorcery. Destroy a target creature or vehicle. Living so close to death gives the Aetherborn an unusual perspective on risk. All right. So I'm not I'm not seeing a lot about this card that really fits what we have so far. The um Osprey card, it mentions that there are airships. So I'm sure in this Magic the setting there's airships. So I sort of get like an air pirate sort of feel from it or uh, like a bombardier. So there could be an airship of some sort uh, that uh, the bad guys are using maybe to get place to place. Maybe that's how they're tracking the players. Maybe that's how they're getting uh, to places ahead of them. So even if you don't want to have a setting where like airships are commonplace, maybe the bad guys have one Mm -hmm. or have a version of one. But I, I'm not seeing a lot about this card right now that inspires me. What are you thinking?
2: Well, um, so we already have established so far that there's some type of a conspiracy to perhaps overthrow the king or or something like that, and perhaps this this uh, the, they're going to use some daring demolition to do it, and perhaps they're going to blow up the king's airship on there for what if they're trying maybe they're trying to start a war or or something like that, or you know just have the king die in a tragic boiler explosion on the airship or something like that um, to create that, you know, power vacuum that they can move into. So this may be just because of the order of
0: the card, it's early, but this could be maybe be like a very late game uh, encounter where the characters have finally been captured, they've they've given up to the bastion, and they're being taken before the king to, to basically be charged for the crimes that they didn't commit. And then that's where, because bad guys always mess up their own plans, they launch an attack that the players get to help repel, which will then let everyone know, oh, they are actually heroes. So you have very classic, they're all lined up, they're getting ready to get shot or hung or whatever, and then the attack happens. Head the
2: Guru. Yeah. Yeah. All okay.
0: right. All
2: right. This next card is Natural Obsolescence. I'm glad that was you, <laughs> not me. So, okay, so this card you have a... It looks like some type of a uh, person in maybe like a suit of armor or a vehicle or a robot <laughs> or anything. Uh, a statue, maybe. It's it's all overgrown by trees and, and wood, like it's been abandoned. It's obsolete and it's it's not it's not wanted anymore. None, this is it's a forest card. It lets you put target artifact on the bottom of the owner's library, and the flavor text says. It is folly to believe your precious inventions will Winter. All things return to the soil. All things return to the soil. Some name, something, something else,
0: something. some elder. Um. All right. So, what are you seeing in that Wow. Car?
2: I don't know the, how exactly that this would be used per the narrative that we have. May, perhaps it. This card goes to more of the backstory of the people, maybe of of why the conspiracy is going on. Perhaps they feel that the current uh, the current ruler has become obsolete, or 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 I don't see that this plays directly into the into the you know the the foreground of the story. This feels like a very background feature. And, and off the top of my head, I'm not so sure how I'd handle that right now. So the only thing I can think of.
0: Or what I'm thinking of first, I should say. Like I said, it's not part of the main story. It could be like a side quest Mm -hmm. that is either taken or ignored. Or like I said, it could be a background story where maybe some of the outlying outposts of this um, nation state or capital or whatever are being overrun, like unnaturally overrun by nature, which makes no sense. But, But basically there's just like reports that seem to be unconnected. That, you know, that we've lost contact with this outpost. You know, 30, 30 men, 30 women, 30 souls, whatever, have gone missing. And the players can either try to figure that out or not. Maybe when they run away because they're being chased by the officers, they have to go to those areas. And it could be either the enemy slowly working their way in, or it could be a completely unrelated challenge. It could be a way for the players, or characters, I should say, to sort of show their heroism. That, you know, there's... A natural element there's a druid circle there's some sort of magical contaminant that's causing this overgrowth to attack these outposts and
2: something else that jumps into my head is is um it, it reminds me of something i read that uh, jm perkins wrote about um about uh basically unexploded ordnance. um and he he was talking about weapons or items from a a long-gone civilization that you know or are, are still around in they're forgotten about, but you know you could stumble upon them and they have an effect like they explode or or, or whatever whatever it is the This card is here it's evocative of that nature, like you have maybe some some artifact or war machine of a of a, or item of a previous you know call it a previous civilization or you know society whatever that's very overgrown. Um, it's been forgotten about, perhaps, uh, the players. You, you've could...
0: inspired me. So we have a society that has airships, right? Mm-hmm. They have to find, or they've stumbled upon, like, a very old version. So it's, like, slow and mm-hmm. lumberous that they have to use so that later when they get into, like, air combat, they're way overmatched. Like, these sleek, current military-style airships. Yeah. And they're in, the, like, the mm-hmm. first-generation Zeppelin.
2: Yeah, that's where totally where I was getting going. Oh, cool, back. awesome. So I'm glad I interrupted you there. No, good. <laughs> you got there much faster and much okay. more expedited than I was going Yeah, to.
0: no, I, yeah, actually, I really like that a lot. So rather than it being something that's currently being taken over, it's something that was taken over a long time mm-hmm. ago, and they uncovered it. I like that a lot.
2: That could be a really neat um, a really neat scene, like maybe a, a mid-campaign, or even more towards the end, perhaps. Maybe we would alter previously but are not in front of the king. Or, or, right. Or, and, and they show up to... To say to, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean it's it's, it's almost like the classic you know, sort of Millennium Falcon saying that that hunk of junk. Yeah. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. it, she's got it where, where it counts. Uh so 5 past light speed. <laughs> Guess I'll run in parsecs. All right. All right. So our next card here is um aether or aether, I don't know how you pronounce it. Aether. Aether Poisoner. It's a black card. It's a creature, human artificer. Uh, Death Touch. Any amount of damage this deals to a creature is enough to destroy it. When uh, Aether Poisoner enters the battlefield, you get two energy counters. Whenever Aether Poisoner attacks, you may pay two energy counters. If you do, create a one-one color Servo Artifact Creature token. Okay, so looking at this card, uh, it's a it's a human artificer, and obviously, sort of a dark sorcerer sort of sort of vibe to it. I like the, uh, the art uh, a lot. So mm-hmm. maybe this is the person. Who's behind the conspiracy? It's a ruler of another kingdom or land. Maybe you trust You know, again, we want to go totally classic tropey. It's a, a king's advisor yeah. with a, a, you know the the, the twisted secrets. Uh, but they are actively working against the players and the country. Uh, it talks about these color servo artifact creature tokens. That could be uh, sort of an encounter where these automatons are sent after the players. Uh, you know, so again, it could just be a combat encounter when you need a combat encounter because things mm-hmm. have gotten slow to Warforged type creatures burst down the door and have a fight. Uh, and that could obviously lead back because I'm I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of people in this realm that can create these types of things. So the fact that they're after the player should be a hint of maybe who might be behind things. So, again, I, I love it when combat serves a purpose other than just fighting things, that the combat is the story. And having a combat where the bad guys tip their hand gives the players information they can use, as well as having a combat encounter, which most players find fun. fun. Yeah. So, what are you seeing in that card?
2: I'm seeing something along those same lines. Um, <laughs> the Oops. the so the poisoner um, and, and Aether always is is. I think when I think when I hear Aether, I think more ethereal. So, I definitely agree it's some type of, of uh, magically active person. Um, I like the artificer, or it does the human artificer on there. Yeah, I, I would go along with that, definitely, with what, what you said there. That, that sounds pretty good. All
0: right. So, for now, let's maybe set this one aside a little bit mm-hmm. to see if that makes sense. We might want to change it. And they could always maybe be the lieutenant. Of the main bad guy. No, that's true. Um, you know, They're the ones that more more actively, directly involved. If we want to make this like a longer, almost like a campaign, this could be like the first tier boss that when they're defeated, it, it reveals the true conspiracy mm-hmm. sort of situation. All right.
2: Oh, what is our yes. next card? The Universal Solvent. I
0: thought that said Soldier at first. It's like, sweet,
2: Van Damme. <laughs> no, this is Universal Solvent. So you see what appears to be uh, some masked figure. um with a little vial pouring into a funnel and there I,
0: it's like it's going into like a lock. Yeah. It's
2: like it's going into a lock and they're trying to um, open a lock or some type of locked item or a sealed item. It's uh, an artifact card and uh cost seven tap sacrifice universal solvent to destroy the target permanently. And it's uh, the flavor text is a few drops of this and the trickiest problems simply melt away. All right, Brad, so looking at universal solvent, how do you think that fits into our story so far? Maybe this universal solvent is something that you have to use to, um, to get the airship going that you talked about. Uh, maybe it's all com- completely rusted up or, or, or something like that. And, and, um, or there's some natural creature, uh, maybe like slime or, or something on it, and they have to use this solvent to, um, to ready the craft. Okay. Um or uh, break out of jail or or something like
0: that. So I I'm, I'm taking this in a completely different direction. Okay. Um I just recently watched uh, the Lego Batman movie. That, how was that? It was pretty good. It was wasn't good? as good as the Lego movie, but it was pretty good. Mm. Um I I didn't care for the voice actors. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think they each did a good job in their role, but I just the casting, like I just all the people that were doing the voices were not the people that I would have chosen to hmm. do those voices. Okay. So it was a little bit distracting to me. But I'm thinking maybe this is like a Batman sixty six Dippelman acid death trap. So at some point they get captured, they're in a bird cage, they're being lowered in, and you just have that, how do we get out of this scenario? Which the problem with that is if they fail to get out of it, you've killed all your players because you set up a death trap and you kind of have to find a way out of it. But uh, I don't know. I just, That was the first thing I thought of was it's just a big giant pit of acid and they're being slowly lowered into it because why the blank not?
2: Yeah. That works too.
0: But I do also like the idea of that it's like uh, the power source to the uh, the airship. Um, so maybe we'll use it both ways, like maybe one of each. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, how about this? So the airship is out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's being guarded by savages, or some primitive sort of culture. They are the ones that use the acid to dip interlopers. Ah, yeah. And then if they get out of that, they can win the assistance of the primitive culture, or you know whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have they can then use that acidic slime to help get the airship clean and. So we're doing kind of both and sort of like an either or because, you know, if you don't need a combat encounter, you can just skip it. If you want there to be a combat encounter, then you can have it.
2: I have flashes of, of uh, from Return of the Jedi of, of, you know, the party of the hero, Luke, and them hanging over a, uh, a spit and, and C-3PO flying through the air. Yeah, of course. So yeah. And I then have... hand going, <laughs> <kind> <laughs> yeah. power, which is a small
0: <laughs> point. That a lot of people catch. It's great. All right. All right, so our next card here is Bastian Inventor. It's a blue card, creature, uh, Dalkin Artificer. Uh, it's a the art is of a sort of a thin blue skinned man. Sort of looks like uh, the aliens in uh, Prometheus movie, and wearing. It looks like they're putting on some kind of like gold armor that's almost like Iron Man ish. Mm-hmm. There's these arms that are like putting it on them, him sort of situation. The uh, the text here is Improvise. Your artifacts can help cast this spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one. Hexproof. This creature cannot be the target of spells or abilities your opponent controls. And the flavor text is the armor transcends the limitations of mere flesh and bone. All right. So looking at this card, a couple things come to mind. Uh, we could combine it with the old airship. So this... You know, maybe there's this like crazy old coot who lives off in the woods as well that maybe is even building this airship out of like spare parts that it should not fly at all. But it, you know, again, typical adventure stories. It's going to have some secrets to it that help it in, in danger. I almost have like a Power Rangers feel too, where at some point maybe the characters have to drive in like a large mech and each one of them controls a different part of it. I mean, that's very Power Ranger y. I mean, you could always just go with this being a bad guy who's after them. They're wearing an armor. Basically, you send a Warforged after them, but the Warforged is being piloted by a person. Because that goes more with the Aether Mm -hmm. Poisoner. So maybe the Poisoner who creates these tokens creates an Iron Man suit for this guy to go after the players, which maybe once they beat him, they can take it over. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I'm I'm not getting a lot of strength, uh, strong opinions.
2: I was thinking that the Aether Poisoner in this card are, are they just scream that they're related to me. That perhaps this is uh, we had talked about there being a lieutenant. I don't necessarily know that this character is is the the big bad, but perhaps they're another lieutenant because both of these cards seem to feed into the fact that there there are um, there we have an artificer and an inventor. So, depending on what else we get down into the bottom of the deck here, you could have the people who are involved in this conspiracy being very technological, mechanical, um, you know, uh, Mechanica-focused kind of a thing. So, lots of servitors, lots of, um, you know, nifty cool power armor. um.
0: I mean, we already got airships. Right. It's very a a steampunk. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe we just lean into that. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree. And that might even be, like, maybe the philosophical difference. Because, again, I like bad guys who aren't just Captain Planet villains who just mm-hmm. want to be evil for the sake of being evil. Uh, you know, maybe, the the again, the nation, the city-state, the continent, whatever organization that our characters are part of, maybe they don't really embrace that technology. And there's a subset of the population that thinks that they're going to be outpaced by their enemies and that they if they don't embrace technology... Then they're going to get taken over. So it's like we're well, basically we're taking over our country so that we don't get taken over by other countries.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I like, like the that. idea. That. There's a
0: there's a there's a good reason in their minds. They think there's a good reason for what they're doing. They're not just evil.
2: Yes, I, I very much like that because uh, that goes back in. We're talking about steampunk and explosions and, and uh, you know cool artificed objects. That, that plays too. With the daring demolition card, yes. Um, and, and there's there's also between these cards here, looking at them, there is a definite shift in the artwork here. This is much more. Um, this sc- these two cards are definitely scream. You know, more dwarven in nature.
0: Taken into custody and in bastion enforcer. Mm,
2: right, that's true. Thank you. Taken into custody and in bastion of uh, bastion enforcer. They're very much. Um, Very dwarven looking in nature, um, but not not the mechanical, you know, dwarven creature. This just looks like grand and
0: like opulent.
2: Yeah, opulent. And and with the with the aether poisoner and the bastion inventor, there there's definitely a tone shift. I don't know where I was going with that kind of kind of fleeted. It it, it used to be the conflict
0: between the 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 country that we that we are and the country that these people want us to be mm-hmm. so there okay. yeah I mean you could have the sort of the the invasion of from within wanting to bring sorcery and technology steampunk aspects the leader of the country the leaders like the council whatever doesn't embrace that um, so again I, we have a we have a bad guy who doesn't see themselves as evil but as a necess, uh, as a necessary step forward into protecting the the country,
2: or the city, state, or whatever.
0: All right, Brett. What is Ooh. our next
2: card? Our next card is mobile garrison. So you have a. This looks again more along that lines of that that new tech artifice um, magical. Uh, it looks like, for lack of better terms, like you have a a a steampunk armored personnel carrier, in a way. Yeah. Um With blueing with glow ball gluing,
0: glowing blue.
2: Thank you. I could not. Get that out. Um, glowing wheels, um, and you have a bunch of of soldiers coming out of it with their um you know glowing blowtorch swords that the that the uh the Bastion Enforcer had. Um there's some standards in the background. It looks like this is outside, um and there's a great hall in the background as well. This is an artifact vehicle, and it's uh the uh, the text of it says whenever mobile garrison attacks, untap another target artifact or creature you control. Crew two, and then you can tap any number of creature you control with total power of two or more. This vehicle becomes an artifact creature until the end of your turn. There's no flavor text.
0: All right, Brad. So looking at our next card here, what do you see? How does it fit into
2: our story? Mm, um, well, we already have you know this this taking the perhaps this, taking the the country or, or the military whatever in a more um, you know, artifice kind of uh, magical vehicle steampunk side. Um, this says this seems more steampunk or less steampunk and, and more magical. Yeah, magi punk. Yeah, mag- magi punk. That's that's a good term for it. Um, perhaps this is this is a scene where um, perhaps while this is part of the background that's going on with the coup or during the you know the the coup that occurs to. Attempt to throw the king, overthrow the king, or the you know ruler. However, that would work. Or maybe this is entirely unrelated to it, where forces are sent after the player characters. Perhaps this is the mobile a mobile garrison that is at the um, the big bad stronghold. So this screams to me, the Clone
0: Wars. Yeah, I could get that. And I, and again, I don't like the prequels. I think they're terrible movies. But mm-hmm. the idea that people on the inside of the military organization, whatever the country, let's we'll just call it a kingdom, just so we straight, but we don't mean necessarily a kingdom, are fabricating a problem to force the country to agree to do these sorts of things, just like having all the clones made in the Clone Wars, they can eventually take over the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. So basically the PCs get caught up in the conspiracy that whatever the bad guy, what the quote-unquote bad guys are, they're not really the bad guys. But we want people to think they're the bad guys so that we can ramp up our military, invest in all these MagiPunk vehicles and, and Iron Man suits and soldiers so that we will then have the force we need to force a coup. Is Magic Punk a term, or did we just coin that here? I think I've heard it before. Okay, all right. We may need to investigate T.M., T.M., until further notice, (laughs) T.M. So, I mean, again, we're basically co-opting the Star Wars prequel story, but it kind of fits with what we're doing. Yeah. All right. right. So our next card here is a Lathnu Sailback. It's a creature. It's a lizard. Travelers to Lathnu high on the Devara cliffs need not fear the political strife of Giripur, but they have other dangers to worry about. Okay, so our next card is a giant lizard. Uh it's a creature, it's a five four, so in magic terms, you know, that's probably mid mid range combat abilities. You know, it could be a, a it could be a direct combat encounter. They're just when they're off in the wilderness talking to the crazy old coot who built the airship or found it, you know, that whatever that primitive culture we decide to make, it could be goblins or orcs or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe this is just a natural predator. Maybe this ties into how they gain the trust of those uh, that primitive culture that, you know, they have to fight one of these off to save it. Maybe it's almost like a lion's den situation where they are thrown. So rather than having the acid dip, they have, they're thrown to the lizards. And if they win, so again, this is also very much Star Wars prequel where they're thrown into the big pit on, for entertainment. Yeah, for entertainment, uh, or it could just be again it could be a combat encounter. They're off in the woods, and you need them to fight something. You have them fight a giant lizard.
2: What are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking this is this is more of a uh, this is more of a uh, definitely of like a a side plot. Perhaps they instead of. Maybe, I really like what what we have already with the you know the the acid dip tank of of the the primitive people, and I don't know that this necessarily fits with that, but it could fit with a a random encounter, or you have to maybe they need something from somewhere else, and they would encounter this along the way, or we, we they somehow wind up in in a the gladiatorial ring like you were saying. We could probably make it work. So I'm also thinking, because it says sail back. What if they fly? fly? What if
0: they fly? What if they fly? Uh, What if they shoot acid breath? They're not dragons, but go with me here. No, no. Maybe they are what creates the acid in the pool that they almost get dipped into. And they put these on their ship, and they're able to either use them as, like, cannons, or they literally fly them to other ships, and then they they ride them like beasts, (sighs) And they fight. So you have them riding this sailback on the tops of other ships and fighting and sailing from ship to ship. So you have an air combat where they're flying lizards.
2: So instead of everybody, instead of your your snub fighters being X-wings, they're sailbacks. Yes. Okay.
0: And then this this sets up a, and it goes back actually very much to what we talked about. You have a nature versus Mm magi-punk conflict. So you have the natural animal that was injured. That's what starts the entire thing. Then you have nature providing for the characters. And then you have this natural creature that they use to fight the Magi-Punk soldiers and the airships and that kind of thing. So it definitely sets up a theme of the natural versus the sorcery and and technological aspects. Yeah. Plus, it would be fun to ride a freaking lizard from ship to ship. I mean, it's like a... My players would have a ton of fun with that. What's that game? Um, Crap. It's like the old Sega game, Golden Axe. Remember oh, we I didn't play a, that
2: one. Oh, okay. I didn't have a saga.
0: So anybody who's who's 40 years older, older gold, Golden Axe, you could get on these lizards, and then the lizard would turn into the white people with mm-hmm. their tail. And it was a fun part of the game is that you would jump on these lizards and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I would love to have a lizard mount for an encounter or two. So I think that
2: would be awesome. All right. Getting close
0: to the end here. We've got a few cards left. So, Brad, what is our next card?
2: It is Lifecrafter's Gift. Uh, this is a... Uh, forest card um you see someone who is perhaps uh looks like maybe a druid or some type of a a, a healer that looks like they have a shield or made out of maybe a turtle shell on their back they're, it's an elven woman wearing some maybe leaves or like a clothing that's maybe shaped like leaves and they're tending to an animal I'd say that's some type of an animal on there. It's yeah. got, like, this beak with these with these tree-like uh, antlers coming out of its head, um, four legs, and it looks like she's got another one of those turtle shell, like maybe chitinous shell things that may, that's on its back, and it looks like she's tending to that. Perhaps the one that's on her back came from a larger one of this creature. Uh, it's an instant, and it puts a... a a plus 1 plus 1 counter on a target creature and then put the plus 1 plus 1 counter on each creature you control with a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. And the uh the flavor text says the best engineers recognize when a problem has already been solved.
0: All right, Brad, so uh, what do you see with this next
2: card? So I think this plays in very much with our with our nature versus magic punk theme. Perhaps this is this is one of the, one of the sages in in the um in the barbarian you know the group area perhaps this is a a healer who who provides them with a natural weapon to counter the, the magic punk whether it's, it's special armor or um a salve or that uh maybe grants um you know some type of like a like a, a booster or something something like that um i like the idea of the iron man versus the
0: nature man shell man or chitinous armor man throwdown.
2: iron man versus crab man
0: yes absolutely
2: yeah that could be fun um that's kind of what what i get out of that that's very much on on the nature side of things as opposed to our magic punk yeah i I agree i think it
0: fits perfectly with that theme i like this being the leader or the shaman of that barbarian culture that Mm -hmm. we interact with and and once we're all on the same side uh you know they can share some of that shamanic wisdom with them, mm-hmm. give them some sort of, like I said, it's the lifecrafter's gift, give them some sort of boon that will help them, uh, maybe even some sort of armor that is like magical resistant, so that when the sorcery, wizard, punk people are using spells, they are deflected or absorbed, mm-hmm. you know, within the confines of the game, you have to make it limited like spell levels, total number of spell levels that could be deflected, that kind of thing. But uh, I do really like that aspect. It
2: can just give you advantage on, yeah, on magic, throws. saving throws versus yeah. magic. Yeah.
0: But no, I'm on saving I think that works out very well. Okay. All right. Our next card here is Crackdown Construct. It's an artifact creature construct. It almost looks like um, some, some images I've seen before of, like, animated armor. So it's mm-hmm. just, like, different pieces of armor, and there's, like, a glowing scepter weapon and kind of a Sauron-type helmet. Looks like there's more than one coming out of some sort of device. Going back to Eberron, like maybe one of the creation forges, these are being made there. Text is, whenever you activate an ability of an artifact or creature that isn't a mana ability, Crackdown Construct gets a plus one, plus one until end of turn. And the flavor text is, all buildings are subject to search. Resistance will be punished. Okay, so with this card... I I see this as sort of the ultimate aim of what the main bad guys are going toward is this a truly autonomous military police force that they are gathering the resources and the authority they need to turn on this device which could be basically essentially like a doomsday device. Once it gets started, these creatures start coming out and then that puts a clock on the final battle. Not only do you have to defeat them, but you have to destroy the device at the same time. And it's very... Avenger-ish, you know, mm-hmm. you got all the aliens coming through, but the the actual challenge is to destroy the portal. That's kind of how I see this being. This will be, in my mind, this is like the final battle of the adventure or the campaign.
2: I, I would agree. I think by this point, uh, the 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 uh, machinations of the big bad has already been exposed, and, and you are at the yeah, definitely the the final campaign end. It's the, the final, final countdown. All right. It it does have almost an elemental look about it too, like uh, you know, some type of an elemental warrior or something like that. Because there's a lot of lightning, it looks like, or magical energy.
0: So that may be uh, an avenue that we could use with the nature versus magic punk theme. Is maybe there's a way to turn it to your side, like if you sort of press on that elemental nature, so the Mm. natural. So rather than actually having destroy it. Which you probably would eventually, but maybe there's a way to, to turn them to your side, so you gain them as allies, rather than having just to kill all of them in some way.
2: Yeah, I can see that. And that would definitely give uh like the, the punk is co-opting the nature, which is another further avenue to bring in your you know, your your nature side of things, your your barbarian tribe. So our next card is Fatal Push. It's a, a black card, and it's swamp, isn't it? Black swamp. Yeah. Okay, it's a swamp card, and you have it looks like a, um, you have a a warrior, has just given a, a boot to the chest who. This is Sparta. This exactly. You have a, this is Sparta moment where a warrior has just booted a guy. It looks like over the edge of an airship, perhaps, and they are going to certainly tumble to their doom. Uh, and the text says destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost two or less revolt destroy that creature if it has converted mana cost four or less instead if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn all
0: right Brad, So looking at our next card here how do you see it working in with our story so far
2: per you could you could take it literally where you have you have a, this is uh, like a this is Sparta moment instead of Leonidas kicking the um the messenger over you could have the big bad kick the king overboard and have a have a a, a tense moment or an interesting scene of do the players characters jump over afterwards to try to save the king as he is he's falling flying his lizards death? <laughs> on their flying lizards yep. <laughs> Or, um, you know, somebody maybe has a flight spell or, or something like that would be kind of neat, um, a heroic moment. Yeah, I, I, that's what comes to my mind I'm, with it. I, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, I think our, our, our big climatic battle is going to deal with this crackdown construct, this doomsday device. Mm-hmm. But that still isn't going to defeat our main bad guy, whoever that turns out to be. I think our, literally our final climatic scene needs to be on an airship. Fighting against the big bad where falling off is a real danger A real danger to everyone involved. You know, again, Star Wars, there's a very Star Wars theme to this right now. There's mm-hmm. all those walkways with no handrails. Like, I, I think that there definitely needs to be a, a scene where that's happening.
2: They're not OSHA compliant. No,
0: not, not even a little <laughs> bit. All right. Here is our, our, our rare card. It's called Consulate Crackdown. It's an enchantment. Uh, It shows like a very opulent, almost like a palace in a cityscape with these sort of marble uh, twisty spires. Uh, Again, it looks a lot like that Naboo. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, Again, when Consulate Crackdown enters the battlefield, exile our artifacts your opponent controls until Consulate Crackdown leaves the battlefield. The workshops are silent. Our creations have been seized. They have killed what made us alive. So, I don't know. I, uh... Like it kind of feels like this is almost like the celebration at the end in a weird sort of way. Cause like it says, when the when this enters the battlefield, all artifacts are destroyed or basically taken off the board. So you're, we're, we've set this up that we are fighting the Magi Punk. Mm-hmm. So this would be the, I don't know, maybe there's a power that the players can get that will like, as like a field of effect, will almost like a, um,
2: like an area-wide, like, uh, anti-magic or well, like something? EMP like an EMP, basically, to yeah. this
0: sort of, like, shuts it, shuts it down. I don't know, but it, almost, it looks like a celebratory thing to me. Like, it does. It looks a lot like Naboo after the end of the uh, first movie where they're all celebrating, mm-hmm. you know, the resistance. And you've got these banners hanging down and draped off of the palace. And there's people marching and celebrating. So this could just be, like, the celebration that happens at the end after, hopefully, our PCs win. Um, but I'd also like the idea of there being some sort of, like, uh, EMP-type de- device, because we've got a, a theme of nature versus punk. but maybe there is an element of punk versus punk as well, using their power against them, some sort of device that they could use. But again, I'm not getting a very
2: strong opinion on this. What about you? My only concern about, about that is, why didn't they do that in the beginning? You know? Yeah. Um, well, maybe they don't have access to it. Maybe. That's true. Maybe they don't have access to it. Um yeah, it it doesn't speak to me one way or the other. I definitely don't get it as strong of a, you know, a resonance with it. It it could very well be a celebration scene, um, or uh, you know the consulate. So, or it, it's literally the uh, at the end where, um, you know, the king has been. or, I Keep saying king, but the the the. Rightful rulership has been, dis- has been restored and, and the uprising has been put down. And now uh, we gather up all the people that uprised and deal with them. Yeah. You know, a kind of a, a cut scene at the end. It's like, a, it's like an epilogue, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know,
0: again, we can set this one aside. If anyone listening or watching you have a great way that card can use, please let us know. All right. And then uh, our last two cards here. We have a swamp as our land. And our token is a Thopter, which is basically a small flying artifact. Again, I think both of those fit very much right into line with what we've been mm-hmm. talking about. Um, so the the bad guys, the MagiPunk guys probably have these um, one-man vehicles or unmanned drones type that could be It's almost like a Sturge encounter. we got these little flying swarms of artifacts that could be worked in or spying on people or that kind of thing. Or you use them like speeder bikes, so maybe oh, at one yeah. point you have to jump on
2: one and fly it around. Well, it would definitely, you know, the the other airship would could release some man, you know, flying things. tie fighters. They would have they would have their their tie fighters would come out to meet our sailbacks and. Yep. Um, so we've created Star Wars Episode One. Yeah.
0: Terrible movie, in my opinion, but uh, I think it could be a great game. All right. So now that we've got all mm. the cards laid out on the table, is there anything that you would change or maybe? Uh, look at differently, or are you kind of happy with what we came up
2: with? No, I'm kind of happy mostly with what we've come up with. There's some things that we have like, uh, about how we would particularly how you would get like to the, to the acid dip tank without, you know, railroading too much or, or scripting it. Um, and and it, that may just be something that, that evolves easily during play, um, but this seems like a, a, a campaign I'd really want to play in. <laughs> I, I think it comes down to
0: Session Zero, which, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I think I'm going to start having a bell. So every time we say Session Zero, there's going to be bing. like a bing, because we say it all the time. Where when you're helping the players create their characters, you need a heavy influence of, creatures, of, of characters that are of a nature theme. Druids, barbarians, shamans would fit. Maybe you have one character who is an actual artificer that will have that conflict for character growth. Like they they see the value in it, but then they see how it can be corrupted. Maybe that gives them an avenue to how they can fight mm-hmm, these things. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, I mean, you have them they're being accused of a crime because they are unfortunately brought into this conspiracy. They they learn of the conspiracy. And so they're being hunted by both good and bad forces. Uh they have to get out of the populated areas and into the into city as a way to hide. Again, if they go that route or not. Uh, where they run into this sort of primitive culture, these barbarians who give them some insight into how to fight. There's an attack on the capital. There's airships. There's flying lizards. I mean, this it feels like an action-adventure TV show, which is yeah. exactly the types of games I like to run.
2: So It really does. Yeah. I'd love to run this or play in this. It's going to be a ton of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys have enjoyed our Synergy session with Brad. Uh, as always, again, if you would use the cards differently or would like to leave some comments in the comments below or email us at podcast at the RPG dot com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the RPG Academy. Find us on Facebook or Google Plus at slash the RPG Academy. Pretty much if you search the RPG Academy,
2: you're finding us.
0: Brad, where can people find you?
2: Uh, yeah, mainly you can find me on, on Twitter uh, is, is at Force and Destiny is where you can find me. Awesome. So, well, thank you very much for listening and watching if you did that. And
0: as always, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here,